Hi. Welcome to Ghoul Gals. I'm Cassandra. And I'm Julie. And uh, we're talking about feasts today. Feasting. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> this week of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And, well, in the United States. True. True, true, true. <laughs> I feel like most people that are listening are from the U.S., so happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know what? Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Because <laughs> Thanksgiving is a weird made-up holiday about eating food. Yeah. 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 So, so just uh, gorge yourself <laughs> and be grateful yep. for the food. Thanks for the, all the food. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to get us started today. Okay. Um, and I'm going to talk about the Fomadion. 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 Mm. Uh, what's that? <laughs> you might ask. Yeah. Uh, so, well, we're going to start out in Madagascar. Uh, it's Fun. an island country in the Indian Ocean, mm-hmm. just about 250 miles off of Africa. Yep. Um, best known for its lemurs, colorful chameleons, and stunning orchids. But <laughs> what you might not know... <laughs> you're welcome for the I was, lesson. I was going to be like, and... The, the DreamWorks movie, Madagascar. <laughs> oh, so true. <laughs> and the queen, um, they had, oh God, they had a queen with a great name. Rabido Andriana Pointy Marina Ranavalova. <laughs> I think. I'm going to go Rabido ahead. Rabido and- That sounds right. Is that I, that sounds right to me. That. that sounds great. Yeah. I think she was mean. Oh no. But with a name like that, you know, she was made fun of. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know what... Madagascar names are like <laughs> true. <I don't>... Same. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sorry. Oh, but uh, so those are what it's uh, mostly known for. Okay. But what you might not know, though, mm. is about its ancestral traditions. You're right. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so the Fmarian, mm. or uh, the turning of the bones. <gasps> Oh, okay. There we go. There you got my interest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a sacred ritual practiced by the Malagasy people in Madagascar. Okay. Uh, So in this sacred ritual, which occurs every like five to seven years, Mm. uh, a number of deceased relatives are (laughs) removed from an ancestral crypt. And then living family members carefully peel the burial garments off the corpses, and wrapped them in fresh silk shrouds. Yeah. Have you heard of this? Yeah, it was in an episode of um, Dark Tourist. <gasps> yes. It freaked me out, but um, I liked it. It's, uh, to, to you... me, it's horrifying. <laughs> um, to them, it's a really great, fun, mm-hmm. um, happy yeah. tradition. Yeah. But to me, it's horrifying. Yeah. I can't um, imagine doing that to any of my no, no, dead no. relatives. And then, here we go. So the festivities begin. Guests drink, converse, dance with their dear daddies. <laughs> and then, um, this is a quote from anthropologist Dr. Miora Memphionona. And she says, we wrap the bodies and dance with the corpses Ooh. while they decompose. Ooh. <laughs> Mm. Yes. <laughs> I can't be a very lively dance. Oh, I've seen some videos. Really? Yeah. Are they? Is it actually like dancing with the corpse, or is it just like people? Like the corpse no. is there, and then people are also dancing around. <laughs> um, neither. So, <laughs> so 
<laughs> oh, good. <laughs> they take the whatever's left, usually just kind of bones and, mm-hmm. you know, other parts. Mm-hmm. So they're wrapped up in the new shroud. Right. And then they kind of lift them up like they're crowd surfing. Oh. And then the people are dancing while, like, carrying the Got it. bodies. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was picturing, like, someone waltzing with it or something, you know, like, like actually dancing with it. Yeah, that feels more dramatic. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No. <laughs> it makes sense that they do it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Malagasy celebrate this event so that new family members can meet their ancestors. And then memories are, like, shared. People talk about great times with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully it's kind of to keep their family stories going so that they're never forgotten. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, isn't that sweet? Yeah. Too bad it's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so this practice of that kind of secondary burial mm. emerged in the 1820s after the repatriation of soldiers' remains from far away. So they were bringing bodies in, Mm -hmm. rewrapping them in shrouds, Mm -hmm. whatever. That makes sense. And then the festival also regained popularity during tomb transfers, uh, which is when the tombs were being rebuilt in stone with the introduction of the kiln um, Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So they were making better tombs, so they were like rewrapping and resealing them up. That's a lot later than I would have thought that this tradition came about. Right. Like, this sounds like ancient, ancient. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Wow. I know. That's cool. It's, yeah, it's neat. Yeah. I like it. So the Malagasy practice actually a fusion of Christianity and their um, more older traditional beliefs, mm-hmm. um, but they don't believe in heaven or hell. Oh. So they believe their ancestors actually serve as um, intermediaries between the living and God. Oh. And so in this kind of new profession, the Malagasy people see their loved ones as having the power to intervene in events on earth as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like asking God for specific things for the, the loved ones that are still alive. Oh, okay. So they believe in this kind of second life that is actually pretty similar to life here on earth. Okay. Um... So they're kind of still living. They might have, like, a home in their, like, spirit world Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the dead do not move on to this next life immediately. Instead, they actually remain in the land of the living with their spirits there until their bodies have completely decomposed. So they have to have, like, no ties left to the living world before they can, like, move on to this next life. And then historian Andriana Haga... Meharry um, says that meeting ancestors again is a moment of happiness and joy, and sadness is not allowed at these festivities. All right. (laughs) Sure. God. Yeah. It's so weird to think about how different cultures view death. Oh, yeah. Because it's such a bummer here. Oh, yeah. Like, it's the saddest fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Um. But other places, it's like like this. Like I can't imagine not being sad, oh my thinking gosh. about or even like talk, talking in depth about any of my loved ones who have died. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, this I don't know. It's it's 
it's wild. Yeah, they're so excited to bring out the dead bodies. Yeah. Like their most loved ones and yeah. then dance around with them. I don't know. Very different. You Very couldn't even different. do that here. No. There's no way. I think it's against the law. There must be some law. I feel like there's a law against Yeah, you can't here. just dig up someone's corpse, <laughs> even if you are related to them. Right. <laughs> even no if way. you own the plot that they're buried in, you can't just be like, oh, hi. Mm-hmm. We're just bringing grandma back. <laughs> Time for the party. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Especially if it has like a vault and stuff, you got to get like a, mm. a crane in there. Oh my gosh. To lift that shit. Yeah. And if they're if they've been cremated, then <laughs> too late. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing else you can do. That's yeah. that. I know. It's... That's the expressway to <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of your remains on it. Yeah, <laughs> just, just dust yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It's um interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so the beginning of this process, because it's every five to seven years, but um. But there has to be kind of a start to it. Right. So the process of the Fumarian starts when an ancestral spirit appears uh, to a senior family member. Oh. Mahari says, the ancestor appears in the dream and says that he is cold and needs new clothes. Yikes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Okay. (laughs) You can have my coat if you want. Just please go away. God, I'm so scared. Oh, that's that's very frightening. I know. And I'm still, I just I keep thinking back to the fact that they're all like, this is great. Yeah. This is so happy. This is fun. Do you think people have like, um, like pools about who's, who's going to be the one to see the, the ancestor this year? Oh <laughs> or like, if you, it's like, if you get it, it's. Like getting the the big end of a wishbone or something. <laughs> like like you are the lucky one. Guess what I dreamed about last <laughs> night. <laughs> oh no, you didn't. <laughs> he came to you. <laughs> what? Um. Hmm. So then, a traditional astrologer, uh, known as the Enbiasi, consults the zodiac to determine the day to open and close the tomb. Hmm. Uh, so usually it's like kind of like a long weekend, so they'll right. like pick two to three days. Right. The hosting family, um, so usually someone near the tomb, whatever, the hosting family, mm-hmm. so they spend a tremendous amount of money on oh. the tomb and the festivities. Oh. So people will pay more for their tomb than their houses because it represents their identity. Uh, Fair. Yes. Yeah, Me too. Nancy <laughs> Nona, who I talked about. Earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the tombs of the Marina ethnic group, which are also in Madagascar, mm-hmm. are built uh, partially underground with a chamber in which the bodies of ancestors are kept on shelves huh. wrapped in cloth for easy grabbing purposes, sure. apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So you don't have to. You don't have to worry about opening a casket or anything. Right. You just open one big door. Done. Somehow. I know. That's Easy. like a uh, Skyrim. <laughs> sure. Not to bring it up again, but like, <laughs> the droggers, which you've already talked about, True. Um, are usually in, in crypts, obviously, um, but they're often just laying on like shelves, like built-in shelves. <laughs> what? Yeah. Huh. You get to loot from them, and sometimes they wake up and attack you. Yikes. Yeah. But anyway, cool. I'm well, sorry. Well, hopefully <laughs> these guys don't wake up. 
Um, yeah. How about if they did, though? I mean, it's party time. So yeah. Like it's not like the, the, their, their family members aren't stealing from them. True. And they're also not complete strangers stealing from them. <laughs> <Also>. <laughs> so I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. So during the ceremony, neighbors and locals from all around are invo- invited to share the famahanana meal of rice and pork um, mm. or beef. Uh, also known as Vari Beminaka. Oh. So as I said, the local astrologer establishes the dates. So the exact dates are always between July and September. Oh. Uh, which is interesting. I don't know why that time That's of year. when it's hottest, right? Uh, right. That's the when it's smelliest, smelliest time. <laughs> the worst well, time to do it. When they need new clothes the most. <sighs> Well, they're definitely not cold if it's between <laughs> July and September. Sure. Yeah. Huh. They're like stinking through their stuff oh. so they need new clothes. Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then the first day is called Fadirana, or the entry day. And the second day is known as Famanasana. Famanasana. <laughs> um. That name I said earlier doesn't sound so weird now, does it? <laughs> Manasana, or the wrapping day. Oh, so the the entry day and then the wrapping day? Yeah, so it's over at least two days. Right. So relatives and family members, many of whom haven't even seen each other since the last Famarian, they come together to introduce new family members, like I said, mainly like sons-in-law and daughters-in-law who have just been added to the family, Mm -hmm. or like little kids. New babies. Little babies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for some... The Famadian is the only opportunity in which relatives can see their family. So it's the only time that all these people come together. Oh, so it's like a big family that's reunion. That's so nice. I know, isn't it? Yeah. It's, they're all there. Even the, <laughs> even the dead It's ones. like Thanksgiving, but with a corpse. Oh. Or two. Good thing I chose this one, right? Yeah. That works. Yeah. So actually, it's a celebration that strengthens family relationships as well as local networks. So it brings oh, people nice. together. Great. That's lovely. Um, later on, we'll talk about why maybe it's not so great, oh. but for those reasons, it's great. <laughs> okay. It's so cool. Okay. So when the guests arrive, mm-hmm. uh, they give rice and money to the organizers. Ooh. So the amount of money and the quantity of rice is recorded in what is known as the Atero Ka Alao, which literally means to give something and receive it back. This tradition ensures that when guests have to organize their own famadian, mm. they will be repaid and supported in kind. Oh my god. So it's to make sure that people aren't skimping out on other people's right. while like getting more money for themselves. Right. That's um, so cool. Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they give rice and money. Uh, um, yeah. That sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, since expenses are shared, all the money and rice collected will be shared to everyone who has contributed to the expenses. Um, so, like, whatever the family that's hosting it, it'll be divided between them. Okay. Evenly. Okay. When all the guests <clears throat> have eaten, the hosting family prepares the party to visit the tomb. As a celebration of life and parenthood, people wear their best outfits. And a group of musicians playing trumpets, drums, and Malagasy flutes accompany the party and follow them from the village to the tomb. So it's like a little parade. That's fun, like um, like a New Orleans funeral. Exactly, yeah. On their way to go get their dead dead guys. <laughs> um, so once there, the bodies are removed and placed on reed mats. 
The host family wraps the bodies with new shrouds. Mm. Uh, and at this point, people can place something the person liked when he or she was alive in with the new sheets. So the new oh, blankets. And the, yeah. Like grave goods. Yes, exactly. Um, this is um, seems pretty... Uh, gender stereotypical, and I don't love it. But mm. for men, it may be cigarettes or alcohol. Uh, for <laughs> women, perfumes or lipsticks. Uh, for children, people commonly place sweets. I mean, that makes sense. Kids like sweets, whatever. Well, so do I. <laughs> I'm a woman. I was... sweets instead of lipstick. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the lipstick, but I don't need perfume. What am I going to do with it? Right. Mask up the scent of death? <laughs> it's not going to work. No. <laughs> <laughs> so now freshly wrapped, the direct relatives dance with the bodies and present them to the newcomers in the family. Oh. So like I said earlier, they lift them up like they're crowd surfing and like oh. dance around. So the night then is filled with discussion, music, uh, drinking, and the preparation for the next day's meal. So the mm. next day they have a huge feast. Oh, Ooh, there she it is. <laughs> family are in charge of killing the animals and preparing the meat uh and so offal uh which are like entrails and internal organs of the animal are prepared and served with rice as dinner for family members mm. but no and thank god i'm not a son-in-law but the lungs are reserved especially for only the sons-in-law of the family why the ones that married in i don't know um that's... Sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. Want some lungs? <laughs> Hard pass. Do you want some lungs? I'll just eat the rice, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm vegetarian. Right. <laughs> so, so the celebration ends before nightfall, as they fear the negative energy and evil power that the nights bring, which is fair. Me too. And plus, like, carrying around a corpse at night? Horrifying. Yeah. During the day... <laughs> It's a party, but at night it's too much. It's too much. Uh, so the quote: uh, "The bones are returned to the tomb before sunset because the sun is the source of our energy." Explains Memphionona. The bodies are buried alongside gifts of uh, money, alcohol, as I said, mm -hmm. and then the bodies are placed upside down to close the cycle of life and death. Oh. So not only is it important which way they're like rested. Uh -huh. But even the way the bodies are are brought in and out of the tomb is important, um, traditionally. Oh. So Memphionona, again, says, The first time the deceased is removed from the tomb, it should be led feet first. But once the famadion is complete, the bones should be returned head first, because the bones are considered to be living in a new world as ancestors. Oh. So that's kind of like now that they're kind of more decomposed, mm -hmm. they they're to the next life. So uh, over the past few years, though, the practice has been attracting criticism, oh. uh, with many calling for it to be stopped completely. But why? Yeah, why? Why now? Yeah. <laughs> well, more and more people have abandoned this tradition with the belief that the practice goes against some religions. Um, so the festival is also becoming increasingly more expensive to run. Mm. And some media outlets, so who knows? I don't know the science on this. <laughs> but they have also linked the spread of plague with the Famadian. Oh. 
because people <laughs> have died of terrible diseases and then they're bringing the bodies back out and oh. touching them and dancing with them and then eating with those same hands that they used. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That mm-hmm. makes sense. So it's still happening, mm-hmm. but less so. Okay. That's a concern. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something I wasn't thinking about. I was just no. thinking about hor- how horrible <laughs> it seems in concept to me that oh, wow. I didn't even think about the actual scientific ramifications. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, oh, they're just dust, so it doesn't <laughs> right. matter, which doesn't make any sense. It's a pile of bones. Yeah. But... It's a leathery corpse. Nope. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's it. That's a Femarian. Uh, so if, um, I was going to say if I die. So <laughs> when I die, please if. do not take my body out five to seven years after I've been married and dance with me. I won't because I'll already be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Are we dying at the same time in this? Um... Or? I, maybe, but I, I guess five I to seven years first. after I die, <laughs> probably within that time frame. I want to go first, okay. personally, <laughs> so I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about any Fumadion. No, <laughs> no, like it's too expensive. <laughs> I like my friends, but not that I don't much. Don't have enough rice. <laughs> No, um, because I didn't want to deal with the emotions of you dying oh, okay. for me. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So if we go together, then, then neither of us have to work. <laughs> that's ideal. <laughs> we just have to be on a boat that sinks or something, mm-hmm. you know, something where we're both definitely going down. Literally, if we're <laughs> on a boat. That's <laughs> true. I don't know why. I guess because of the cruise. Because you just still went on a crush. <laughs> on a boat and dying at sea. I don't think I'd want to. No, I wouldn't. Drowning it that way. Sucks. Uh, yeah. Um, if I did, I'd want to be like um, bottom level of the Titanic, like dying immediately, instant, very yeah. soon. I was just um, watching a bunch of Leslie Howard movies uh, yesterday, and um, I was reading about him, and I found out that during World War II, he was on a plane from um, Portugal to England mm. and it was shot down and he died <gasps> during World War II but he wasn't like a soldier and it was like a non-military aircraft oh no and yeah and I was like oh god <laughs> what a way to go Yikes. if I could guarantee that I could like die in an explosion that resulted from mm-hmm. my plane being shot down that's fine oh yeah but to go through that and then to land in the water Ugh. and then probably drown. Yeah. No, thank you. Or, like, you survive and you die slowly of oh. dehydration or something. Oh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. Anyway. <laughs> this took a dark turn. <laughs> Somehow it got darker. Huh. Uh, anyway. So I'm talking about ogres. Don't look at it. <gasps> like Shrek? He's the most famous ogre I know. <laughs> He's the only ogre I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and I even wrote um, my first sentence is, I just want to start out by saying that I love Shrek and everything he stands for. <laughs> and I am a little bit ashamed of how long it took me to think of doing ogres for this episode. Yeah. Because I, I mean, it didn't take me a long time. Mm-hmm. I just like 
wasn't immediately like, oh, ogres, duh. <laughs> All they do is eat. It's true. Um, and befriend donkeys. Just the one. <laughs> Just the most special ogre <laughs> of them all. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Okay, so... <laughs> so, in case anyone is unaware, or if you, like me, can only picture Shrek <laughs> when you think of the word ogre, and, and want to visualize something a little less specific and cartoonish, mm-hmm. uh, this is what an ogre looks like. Great. They are inhumanly large. Oh. So. Great start. Uh, and tall. So giant in every which way. And they have a disproportionately large head. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> An abundant amount of hair. Oh, no. Yeah. Chuck doesn't have hair. And I think they no. prefer him like that. Yeah. Oh, no. It doesn't make sense for him to have hair because he's got, he, he's almost like, like reptilian looking. Mm-hmm. So the that wouldn't make skin. any sense. Yeah, yeah, and the weird ears. Yeah. Um, Fiona has hair though. It's true, but only on her head. Where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have abundant hair, unusually colored skin. It doesn't say. Specific- Unusual? Yeah. That's not a color. Unusually colored skin. But so, like. <laughs> Like, is it purple? Is it green? It doesn't specify what color. I mean, Shrek is green, for example. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it it didn't specify what color. It's just... And I'm almost picturing, like, a grayish, like, a Mm sallowy looking color. Mm -hmm. Um, Like a corpse. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, They have a voracious appetite. Mm -hmm. And a strong body. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, right? Um, so it's kind of a roller coaster for me in terms of like physical descriptors that I kind of find sexy. <laughs> like, you know, you got large and tall, nice. Okay. Uh, disproportionately large head. <laughs> Less interesting. Yeah. Abundant hair, great. Uh, really? Okay. <laughs> I mean,. I mean, it de- I don't. I guess it depends on where the hair is and, and how abundant. abundant. <laughs> uh, unusually colored skin. I don't care for that. <laughs> A strong body, outstanding. <laughs> A voracious appetite. I can kind of take or leave. Okay, but I'm mostly like uh, not into it because I know that ogres love to eat humans oh so a voracious <laughs> appetite for humans yes is of no which i am one <laughs> <laughs> so the description is pretty basic it's not i mean it's not very detailed at all it's just kind of like basic shapes of what it looks like but the main image that comes up on the ogre wikipedia page Ooh. is outstanding it is such a weird picture and i'm so excited to show it to you, but first I'm going to describe it to you. Excellent. It's an illustration by Gustave Doré, uh, depicting Puss in Boots talking with an ogre. Okay. Not the one from Sounds like from Shrek, Shrek still. No. <laughs> Puss is standing on his hind legs and wearing boots, which is the cutest thing a it's cat so can cute. ever do. It's very true. Um, the ogre looks like a weird mix of Henry VIII what? and one of those like European Santas <gasps> that <laughs> that wears, you know, the ones that wear like 
long fur-lined coats <laughs> and, like, um, visit Narnia, you know? Yes. Like, not Coca-Cola Santa. <laughs> not like Jolly Red. No. No. <laughs> no. But more like Henry VIII, especially because he's dressed in, like, that kind of outfit. He the, looks like a king Weird. Somehow. This is not giving it me just very ogre like, vibes. It looks like a man, like a huge man. <laughs> like, like a man, but very big. Huh. So... <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So behind this man, he's seated in, a, in like a, a big high-backed chair. And behind him is a man filling up a goblet with some kind of liquid. Probably alcohol. Maybe blood. <laughs> um, and another man heaving a basket full of animal bits <gasps> above his head to serve to the ogre. Oh, presumably. no. There's at least one full sheep in that basket. <laughs> Possibly two. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's like... It's got, like, the sheep's head, you can see it, and then, like, behind it are just two legs just sticking straight up, so it might be that sheep's legs, it might be a different sheep's legs, I don't know. Oh, man, yikes, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a great dinner. It's not, like, chopped up, it's, like, practically full animals in a basket. (laughs) Um... On the table next to him is a gigantic decanter, also filled with a mystery liquid. Mm. Um, I like the blood. I'm going to stick with blood in my head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then next to that decanter is a kettle, or like a cauldron, with a cow inside. (laughs) So everything is gigantic. Oh my gosh. Um, Both the basket and the kettle... Show the head of the animal, like I said, and then they both have their legs like just sticking out, oh, just no. straight up, just like here. two hooves in the background. <laughs> the best part, and um, weirdly, what my my eye was drawn to last, oh. is this platter that's in front of the cow cauldron that has at least four babies <gasps> stacked up on top of what looks like what might be a pile of salad greens or something. <laughs> It's like a garnish. <laughs> it's babies. truly like a pile. Oh. But it's 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 not just a pile of babies. There's like four of them, but <laughs> there's something else there. And oh my I'm gosh. assuming it's just leafy greens. Oh my gosh, a well-rounded meal. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So a little bit of background on ogres. Mm-hmm. No one really knows what their origin is because a lot of Different cultures have pretty much, you know, similar creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were probably created, like most of the creatures that we talk about, to keep children in line. Uh, the ogres were a supposed population that lived in the woods, usually, mm-hmm. or swamps. <laughs> this is my swamp. <laughs> And they towered well above the height of the average man or woman. This meant, from a child's perspective, that not even a grown man could save them if they were unfortunate enough mm-hmm. to run into an ogre while exploring on their own. Yikes. Yeah. Um, this, combined with the fact that children were an ogre's favorite meal, <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> would <laughs> have been more than enough to keep any curious children from wandering off too far. Good. Yeah. Well, I mean. I mean, it's good that they're not running off, but it's bad that they're terrified for the rest of their <laughs> lives, probably. <laughs> I feel like I would not have needed this to stay out of a forest. Mm-mm. I'd be like, mm, that's very dark in there. No, <laughs> but it definitely would have kept me out of the oh, forest. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, mm, 
I was, again, I feel like we've talked about it, but, like, I've never, no one told me those stories. Yeah. My parents didn't do that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I remember us talking about this, yeah. but I don't know what episode it was. I know. It was a, f- a few episodes ago. Um, yeah. And, no, it, like, I'm screwed up for the my whole life. <laughs> and no one even told me about Ogres, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm almost 30 years old, and I'm still very afraid of forests. Mm-hmm. Of water that I can't see the bottom of, mm-hmm. of water that I can see the bottom of. <laughs> um, so there are some theories about where ogres do come from, or where you know what started the whole idea of them. Mm-hmm. And I found a couple that are actually based in um, biblical legend, oh. which shocked me. Yeah, I've never read about an ogre in the Bible. I don't no. think. No. Maybe I have and I didn't know. I don't remember reading about a single, like, magical-type creature mm-hmm. except for, like, all the scary shit at the end. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The entire book of, um... Yeah. Revelation. Revelation. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I'm a bad girl. <laughs> I mean, I guess angels and, and the literal devil yeah. are in there, but... I know. But it's not like they're, like, unicorns or whatever. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Um... So the first is the legend of Og, O-G, the O-G, (laughs) the (laughs) O-G, which comes to us from Hebrew mythology and is recorded in the Bible in Deuteronomy, Numbers, and Psalms. Oh, okay. That's a lot. Um, Og is said to be the last of the Rephaim, which are giants, Oh, and was known to be an enormous being. His bed was said to be approximately 13 and a half feet in length. What? And six feet in width. That doesn't seem wide enough for how long it is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> by comparison... I know that's not the thing to think about. I know. No, I, I, I agree yeah. with that. Uh, by comparison, a king bed today only measures about six and a half feet in length and six and a quarter feet in width. Mm. Those who have studied Og believe that he may have been between 9 and 13 feet in height, based on clues left behind in ancient texts. Mm. But there are those who believe that he could have been significantly taller. <gasps> Although, if he's he's not going to be more than 13 feet in height if his bed is only 13 feet long. I know, he'd need a bigger bed. I mean, use some common sense. <laughs> 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 also, where is his bed? Who found his right? bed? Right? What does his house look like if that's his bed? <laughs> like they just, like someone was just in a mountain somewhere and then saw like a plateaued mm. piece of rock. With another mm. rock on it, it'll kind of like <laughs> it a looks pillow. Like, like a Flintstones <laughs> bed. <laughs> um, well, there are no references of Og feasting on human flesh. He was known for being a feared ruler and the connection to the cannibalism of humans could have been made from the terrible bloodshed that he caused. Mm-hmm. This combined with his height could have been the inspiration for the name of for the naming of the ogres that inhabited early Britain. Og ogres. <laughs> I get it. It's ogres. all coming together. Ogres. <laughs> hmm. So that's the end of Og. There's also um, biblical inspiration in the stories of the Nephilim, which were a race of giants. 
that were supposedly created by the union of an angel <gasps> and a human woman. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. that's not right. Ooh, yeah. wait, the human woman had to have the giant baby. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's died that's for sure. Mess. I know. <laughs> I'm like, that's like a Chihuahua and a Great Dane. That oh, poor God. Chihuahua. There would be no chance. So, like this, I mean, the sex would have been normal. Sure. Just like assuming that an angel takes the form of a human mm-hmm. man-sized person. But then... With that baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why would that happen, though? Like, why is that the result? Right? It doesn't... <laughs> it no, doesn't... no, Like, you know, DNA-wise, you're like, why... What pieces came together to create this monster? <laughs> oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, so that's the scariest thing of all. Mm-hmm. The Nephilim were were known to be heroes in their day and were thought to be great warriors. There are also those who believe that the um, Nephilim may have survived into more modern history. Uh, Somehow. What? There seem to be references that the Nephilim managed to survive the Great Flood, which would have made it possible for these creatures to have interacted with the early cultures who recorded ogres in their fairy tales. Interesting. Yeah. How would they have survived, though? They probably just stood up like, and then, like, <laughs> stuck their head up a little bit so they could they breathe. so tall. <laughs> like, every other creature died. <laughs> but they were the ones. Maybe, maybe, sure. maybe they were on the boat also. Maybe they're really good at floating. For a long time. Maybe. Right? 40 days. And nights. Yeah. And <laughs> Thanks. Uh-huh. Um, so that's a little bit about the origin. So, like, again, the, no one knows what the hell or where the, where the hell they came from. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. But, um, I mean, they're, they're not, like, they're not, like, a lone type. Like, there's also trolls and orcs and things like that. So it's not, like, mm-hmm. unusual, I guess. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's still pretty <laughs> it unusual. Is. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I have a little story to Ooh. share with you because there's not like as popular as well. A Shrek is. <laughs> I'm gonna share the story of a green ogre who lived in a swamp. <laughs> no, um, as popular as ogres are in myth and folklore and stuff. Like I mean, I knew about them. Yeah, you know, it's, me this too, isn't yeah. something I found and was like, oh wow, surprise. Yeah, what are you? <laughs> right. As popular as they are, there isn't like a crazy amount of information about it's mostly just a lot of folklore stories mm-hmm. so i found one that i'd never heard before Ooh. and isn't like you know puss in boots or anything <laughs> uh it i don't know what the title is so i'll just read it <laughs> once upon a time a clever lad and a clever fox argued about who was the cleverest <laughs> <laughs> you know just a normal tuesday yeah joking yeah just a boy and a fox. (laughs) (laughs) I can outwit an ogre, the boy said. The fox laughed. Oh, you can, can you? (laughs) I can indeed, the boy said, and he set off into the forest. What? Apparently that didn't work. His parents telling him that story about the ogre did not work. (laughs) Well, he can outwit them, so he's... He thinks he can outwit them. He's prideful. I don't know yet. (laughs) Uh, Before long, he came upon an ogre, a monstrous creature, huge and horrible-looking. Yes. Goodness, now what will I do? The boy said aloud, and this was a good question, for ogres love to eat little boys. (laughs) (laughs) 
In fact, ogres love to eat all kinds of people. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about how, okay, favorite food. So I'm like, a plate of spaghetti comes up to Cassandra. Oh. <laughs> I can outwit you, yeah. Cassandra. <laughs> You're like, I don't care. You just look at it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got the fork. What are you going to do? <laughs> What would yours be? Like a plate of Indian food? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> a Trader Joe's frozen Indian meal. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> One piece of naan bread. Just Oh, God. Yum, yum. yum. That's right. Oh. A piece of naan bread comes up to you. I bet I can outwitch you. We're both the witch in Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so instead of acting fearful, boy pretended that he did not have a care in the world. Okay. Hello there, ogre, he said. How are you today? <laughs> oh my gosh. The pleasantries. <laughs> oh my gosh. The ogre was surprised, for most boys did not speak boldly to him. <laughs> in fact, most boys did not speak at all when they saw him. <laughs> most boys quickly ran away. This sounds like a love story. It does. Oh my gosh. This is like a Joshua, that um that Dolly Parton song. Oh my god. <laughs> like, stay away from him. He has a beard. <laughs> and she's like, he can't be that he bad. He lives alone and has a beard. <laughs> I love it. And then they immediately fall in love. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Oh my god. (laughs) If this doesn't end like that. Actually, no, it should not, because he's a little boy. (laughs) He's a little boy and an ogre? Yeah. It doesn't give the ogre's age, but I don't think it's like a kid. Probably not. Uh, Now the ogre had been looking for a boy to eat. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So this is all very convenient. Oh my gosh. So it's like... You're like, mm, I could really go for some spaghetti. And then a plate of spaghetti <laughs> slaps its way over to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. When he saw the lad, his mouth began to water. Sure. <laughs> Which also sounds like a love story. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you look delicious. Why'd you come in here looking like that? <laughs> oh. Uh, But the ogre fancied a special kind of meal, one that he could eat at his table, with plenty to drink besides. Oh my gosh. And so he said, I'm just fine, my lad, but I'm a little lonely. Oh no! (laughs) This is like the beginning of a fan fiction. It is. (laughs) This is my Shrek fan fiction. I'm the little You're boy. Like, oh, I don't know the title of this story. Mm, yeah, I don't know who wrote this story. A little boy named Cassandra. <laughs> uh, I'm not in love with Shrek. That's what she keeps saying. This cut. This is you. turning into this is this and the Nicolas Cage fiasco that I'm experiencing. <laughs> Where just because I love the movie, the movies, National Treasure (laughs) 1 and 2. (laughs) There is no way that anyone could love those movies without being attracted to Nicholas. That's where you're wrong because that little guy is with him. The little guy, it's true. (laughs) So there you The little guy from The Hangover? Yeah. Well, he was originally from National (laughs) Treasure. Let's be clear. True, true, true. Oh, God. Oh, man. Plus, it's like my dream life. Like, I want to be a, In a treasure historical hunter. mystery. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be great. Oh, Lord. That was, like, the first, the first like, um, 
story I ever wrote was like a a treasure hunting thing. Was it based on National Treasure? No. Because <laughs> National Treasure hadn't no. come out yet. If anything, National Treasure is based on my story. <laughs> oh, I love it. So anyway. So the ogre has just said that he's lonely. <laughs> That's where this conversation took a turn. <laughs> For a moment, the boy felt sad for the ogre, but he was wise mm-hmm. enough to know this was a trick. Good. He was a clever boy. Mm-hmm. Where's the fox in all of this? Just watching from afar, probably. Still, he had some tricks up his own sleeve. He was, after all, trying to prove how clever he was. Here was his chance. So he said, I'll keep you company. <gasps> Oh, Lord. This is great. You will, the ogre said happily. Will you come to my home? (laughs) (laughs) I did not not imagine this as a romance when I was reading it. This is great. Oh, God. You're not afraid of me, the boy asked. (laughs) The boy asked? Yeah. Oh. The ogre's the one who asked if he would come to his home, and then the boy's like, oh, you're not afraid of me? Oh, my gosh. And the the ogre laughed heartily. Afraid? Why should I be? <laughs> is he flirting? This is like, in oh, my God. Ten things I hate about you when someone, one of them, one of the two grumps, Heath <laughs> Ledger and Julia Stiles, one of them is like, aren't you scared of me? Or aren't you? And she's like, should I be? And... Mm-hmm. That That's also exactly happens in like Sailor Moon with Sailor Jupiter when she's new in school. Oh my gosh. Because she's so tall and big and beats and like strong mm-hmm. and can beat people up and everyone's scared of her except for Sailor Moon. Oh my gosh. This is a neat cute if I've ever heard one. <laughs> anyway, so the ogre the ogre laughed heartily, afraid, why should I be? I'm very strong, the boy said. Mm, prove it, <laughs> said the ogre. Oh my god! <laughs> Every fan fiction ever. Prove it. Mm -hmm. If it's not like two people happen to have to get a hotel room and there's only one bed available, (laughs) it's this. It's this, yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Prove it, said the ogre. And the boy, who had carefully considered his trick, pulled a block of salt from his pocket. Hmm. Watch this, he said. I'll squeeze this rock in my hand and turn it into salt. Uh, Again, the ogre laughed. The lad squeezed and squeezed, and soon salt poured from his hand. The ogre was amazed. No. So he's an idiot. He's an idiot ogre. (laughs) You are strong indeed, he said. Still, he thought a strong boy would be as good a meal as a weak one. (laughs) Together, they set off for the ogre's cavern. Were they holding hands? Probably. (laughs) The boy's imagination was full of the stories he would tell. None of his friends had ever before seen an ogre's cabin. I'm sure some of them did, but they didn't survive. (laughs) Oh no, it's true. When they walked through the entrance, the ogre tossed the lad a thick sack made of oxen hide. Mm. Go fill this with water and carry it up from the stream. Surely a strong lad like you can do that. I'll start the fire. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Now the boy wondered how on earth he could carry such a sack filled with water. (laughs) The wording even on this thick sack. I know. He was not that strong. But he did not wonder long. 
He ran down to the stream, and there he dropped the sack on the ground and began to dig a channel. When the ogre saw this, he laughed heartily. So you're not strong enough to carry a sack of water, is that it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> a sack of water. A sack of water. <laughs> oh no, said the boy. This is not a question of my strength. I am digging a channel for you, so that the water will come straight to your door and save you the trouble of carrying sacks. That's... <laughs> that is incredibly thoughtful of mm-hmm, little boy. Mm-hmm. Really. I bet the ogre cries. <laughs> for me? <laughs> By now the ogre was starving, and he could not think clearly at all. Never mind the channel, he said. Come back to the cavern. Oh my gosh. Never mind that. Come to me. <laughs> when they arrived, the boy began to yawn. I'm terribly tired, he said. I think I should sleep for supper. <laughs> The ogre's eyes gleam. Maybe we should just take a quick nap. The gleaming eyes of the ogre. I'll just prepare supper then, he said, and after you have slept, we'll eat. You can sleep there in the corner. (laughs) By now it was dark in the cavern, and so the moment... The ogre's back was turned. The boy took a sack of flour from the larder and placed it where he ought to be sleeping. Then he hid in the corner. Oh. Yeah. Not long afterward, the ogre tiptoed outside and returned with a tree trunk he had hauled out of the ground. (laughs) Oh, cool. Yeah. He's he's showing off. (laughs) With this, he smashed the sack, thinking it was the lad. Ooh. And just for good measure, he lifted the trunk once more and struck another blow and then another. Seven in all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He didn't see the like puffs of flour. Right. The immediate mess that he made <laughs> from flour and not blood. <laughs> then he began to howl with laughter. Take that, he said, and I shall eat you when I wake from a nap. So then he went down for a nap. He was starving a second ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He only, he only could have worked up even more of an appetite pulling that tree trunk from the ground. Right. And then beating that boy to death <laughs> with it. <laughs> with that, the ogre went to sleep, for he was tired from his labors. The moment the boy heard the ogre's snores, he began to cry out in his loudest voice, Ogre, an insect has invaded your house. It must be a terrible insect, for I heard his wings flapping and flapping. Seven times he flapped his wings upon my head. How can we sleep with such a creature flying about? Oh my gosh. Now the ogre was frightened. (laughs) Such a power move. It is. Oh my gosh. What kind of boy could withstand seven blows of a tree trunk, thinking them merely insect swings? Terrified, he ran from the cavern. The ogre, not the boy. Oh my gosh. The boy knew he was not quite safe yet, and so he searched the cavern and soon came upon a bow and arrow. He walked outside, prepared to head home to tell his tale. But as he was walking down the path, he saw the ogre running toward him, and beside him trotted the crafty fox. (gasps) Oh no! This fox has explained your nasty tricks, (laughs) the ogre said, and I'll get you for this. But the boy aimed the bow and arrow at the fox and shot him dead. (gasps) The fox! His friend? His friend the fox? Oh my gosh, not so clever now, fox. (laughs) 
Oh, God. That fox, he cried. That's the very fox who promised to find me an ogre so I might overcome him with my strength. You must be the one I am to destroy. And with that, he took aim once more, but the ogre took to his heels and ran away so fast that no one ever saw him again. What? <laughs> and all the foxes had to agree that they were not the craftiest of all. Then all the foxes had a meeting. <laughs> All and the they foxes were like, well, of the world. This boy is too clever for us. I guess we're not as smart as we thought, <laughs> collectively. <laughs> and the ogres were not the strongest of all. And any boy who could use his wits and courage would always do well in the world. Oh my gosh. What and... a sweet story. <laughs> too bad it didn't work out for them, though. <laughs> I know. I was really rooting for them. <laughs> that is such a bummer. Oh my god. Hold on, I found there was okay, so that's that's all I have to say about ogres. But mm -hmm. um there was oh my god, I read something about Shrek in the ogre Wikipedia. <gasps> yes. Oh um, I can't hold on, I have to find it. So Wikipedia has a list of ogres in pop culture. <laughs> and believe it or not, Shrek is the fifth one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shrek is the eponymous ogre protagonist in the Shrek series of comedy films. <laughs> Shrek engages in typical ogre behaviors like washing in mud and eating insects, but otherwise isn't monstrous and only feigns nastiness and claims to eat people as a way to deter trespassers in his swamp, which is the backbone of the first movie's <laughs> plot. What? That's oh my, my favorite. Which is the backbone of the first movie's plot. <laughs> that makes it sound so much more important I than it really is. Oh, I, I know. I loved it. <laughs> that's great. Anyway, so that's uh, those are ogres. Um, that's great. <laughs> I feel like I learned a lot. We we loved. We laughed. It was wonderful. I ship uh, these two people. Yep. And I mean, the boy is a just a man mm -hmm. in my story. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not a child. <laughs> Uh, or it's like a young ogre. Yeah. Like a little, age appropriate. little boy ogre. Either way, age appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so that's that on feasting. Mm -hmm. You gotta eat. So continue to check out our Instagram. We continue to do our fun little polls. polls. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, this last one was great because everyone voted for feasting. Oh my gosh, yes. No yeah. one cares about family at all. Fair. So you can uh, take a look at our Patreon. We got some good stuff on there for you patrons. Patreon.com slash ghoulgals. And that's it. Yeah, and this <laughs> is where we say see you later, ghouls and boys. Bye. Bye. Patibarica, <laughs> the most famous ogre of all. <laughs> but it doesn't work because it would be like Shreky, the big green ogre. He used to live inside a swamp. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you're uh, better at this than you thought. <laughs> I did. <laughs>